Hey there, and thanks for joining me as I show up to give you powerful, practical, quick, and kingdom tools for you to go out there and live your best life, to show up every day as the best, healthiest, fullest version of yourself, and to live a joyful, abundant, and destiny-filled life. You know, sometimes I might talk about things I've learned, being a wife, a mom, a sister, friend, pastor, mentor, a mentee, a human being. I might share a ridiculous story, and there are some ridiculous stories from my own journey, my successes, and the not so much. I might unpack practical tips and relationship tools. I might encourage you, challenge you, make you laugh, make you cry, and maybe some days it will be all of the above. (laughs) The point is, I'm really excited, and I hope you are too. So grab your coffee, sit down with me, Danielle Steinspring, and let's start living. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Hey There podcast. You guys, I was able to sneak away today. Andy has the kiddos, and I'm at my mom's house, which If you've listened to some episodes before, you've heard me here, (laughs) and this is one of the many beautiful places in her home where I'm able to just record an episode. I thought today I was going to experiment with using um, very new technology called my iPhone because we've had a little bit of issue with our microphone and our camera communicating, so this is what we have um, right now. So I'm going to try this out and see how it goes. Let's just start chatting. Today, I have um, a little tool for parenting that I want to use, that I want to give to you guys, something that I use often, and sometimes I forget about it, and then I come back to using it, but um, I want to share it with you guys, and here's the deal. If you are a parent, then hopefully this will help you and give you a little piece of equipment that you can start implementing with your kids today, and if you are not a parent, then store it away for maybe one day when you are going to be a parent or actually think about how this type of communication can help us break the powerless dynamic that sometimes happens in our relationships. Now, some of the phrases and the tools that I'm going to use just won't apply to adults. You can't really use them on adults. It would be pretty condescending, um, but it, it could come off that way. But let's see if we can find a way together to make this tool something that can universally work for um, both parenting your young children at home or and in your adult relationships. Let's just dive right in. So I actually spent a little bit of time talking about this exact tool on my personal Instagram account um, this week. And the tool is not my own. I did not create the tool. I am just implementing the tool from some incredible resources um, that have been really, really like humongous game changers in the way that Andy and I parent our kids. Um, So I learned about these tools through a book called Loving Our Kids on Purpose by Danny Silk. Um, Danny Silk has so many beautiful resources for how to healthily communicate in relationships with people. And his book on parenting is 
Um, really amazing. Honestly, I think it's a book that's bigger than parenting. I think anybody that works with kids should be reading it. I think teachers should be reading it. I think children's pastors should be reading it. I think if you volunteer at your church, you should read it. Like if you're working with kids in any capacity, this book really changed our lives. And we read it before we had kids. So we felt like when we did have kids, we already had this arsenal of tools in our pocket, which I think a lot of people go into parenting and they have no clue what they're doing. A hundred percent of people go into parenting with zero clue what they're doing. So if you can have some tools in your pocket ready to go, um, it, it just makes it a little bit easier when you start to face things that you didn't have any clue how to deal with. Um, another fantastic resource, and I'm going to just flat out promote a friend of mine right now. Um, and I actually would love one day to have her do a chat style podcast with me. Um, she's incredible. She has her own um, behavioral therapy uh, brand. She has been in behavioral therapy for kids for years and years and years. Um, and she's just one of the most highly sought after in our central Florida area. Her name is Tara Consulman. And um, so if you're local to Orlando or the central Florida area, she's available for um, one-on-ones with you and your kids. She's available to help you guys with the parenting struggles that come with littles. But if you're not local, you can follow her on Instagram. She's called The Connection Lab, and she truly is phenomenal. She puts out resources um, and little things that make you think like, whoa, I never thought of parenting like this. Um, she's brilliant. She's a mastermind. She's like changing the game of child like psychology and therapy and she has been a resource and a dear friend of mine since I was a teenager, honestly. And now in my adulthood, she's a humongous resource and friend um, when we're walking through the parenting, the parenting challenges. I have called her directly and said, what do I do? This is happening. And she always just brings so much wisdom, so much truth, and so much love um, whenever I reach out to her. So highly recommend you follow The Connection Lab. And I'll put a little link to it in my um, in my show notes below. All right. So she's another resource for me. And this tool that I'm about to give you is the phrase that Danny Silk calls maybe so, probably so, and I don't know. I since have added a few other ones to my arsenal as well. And they are, it must feel that way, or I'm sure it feels that way to you. And I also use the phrase, um, Perhaps it is. That one was a freebie from my friend from Tara as well. Um, and these phrases, here's how I use them. Let me give you some examples of how I use them. Yesterday, Everett did not want to clean up the fun room, um, even though he and his sister had really had a time in there of dumping every single toy they own onto the floor. And we know before we can move from one activity to the next, we, we have to clean. So, um, we were, we were, I was in there helping, you know, I, I wasn't just banishing him and, t and telling him to take an hour to clean it up. I was in there with him and he just looked at me and came up with this silly excuse. He said, I can't clean because I'm too itchy. Okay. He's feeling itchy and he doesn't want to clean. Well, I said, I said, it may really feel that way. Here's another one of my favorites. When he says, um, that's not fair, I say, it's not what you expected. Why is this important? Because when my son says, I don't like this dinner, I don't like what you made, 
what's very easy and natural for parents because we're humans is to go either logical, defensive, or try to overparent the situation. What do I mean by overparent? That's that really that phrase should leave me so unruffled that I don't have to dive into this deep dive of you need to be grateful for what I make. You should enjoy lunch and dinner. Um, no matter what we make, you should be grateful over parenting, trying to make it about something that it's not really about what it's about in that moment truly is that Everett wants to be autonomous and he wants to make his own choices <laughs> about what he eats um, or in general, he wants to have the power. At that moment, it's a need for power that is that he's trying to meet by saying, I don't like what's for dinner. I don't like this chicken. I don't like this potato, whatever. So rather than overparenting or another go-to is getting defensive and saying things like, well, this is what we made. And so this is what you're going to eat. Or um, you liked it last week. There's a logic, right? Logic with them. Well, last week you liked this. So I don't understand how you liked it last week and this week you don't like it. And then we try to go into logic with them. What's the problem with defense and logic? One, your children aren't logical. He's not logically thinking, well, last week I liked this chicken and today I'm going to decide that I don't like it. It wasn't even a conscious decision for him. It was a need for power autonomy that came out right then. Kids have really two emotional needs. They need freedom and they need power. They need a sense of freedom and they need a sense of power. And so he's trying to exercise that. He's not trying to, to say logically, if I tell mom I don't like this chicken, I bet she'll make me something different. It, it, it has no logic in it. So when we come at them with a logical response, it doesn't matter. It's going to be completely ineffective, completely ineffective. And we'll probably begin a power struggle between a five-year-old and a 32-year-old. Who wins in a power struggle between a five-year-old and a 32-year-old? I can tell you the answer because I've been in these, in these scenarios and it's nobody. Nobody wins. Nobody wins in a power struggle with a two-year-old. No one. The two-year-old doesn't win and the adult doesn't win. That is real life. So if we go into defensive, then now we have a power struggle and nobody's going to win. Everybody's going to leave that conversation feeling disconnected rather than connected. So when I use these phrases, one, I'm actually acknowledging the feeling. When I say, when he says, I don't like this dinner and I say, um, and I say, I know I've acknowledged that at the same time, I'm completely unruffled. I have not entered into any kind of defense, into any kind of logic, into any amount of power struggle. It has rolled right off of me. I know. I'm not going to eat this dinner. Maybe so. Maybe you won't eat it. Or um, what's another one of my favorites? Maybe so, probably so, I don't know. Oh, I don't like this. It may really feel like that. Or when he says, it's not fair. And I say, it's not what you expected. And having these phrases ready to go in my pocket has made these exchanges way less stressful because who leaves that conversation more stressed? Usually what happens is we, if we get into a power struggle is the kid kind of might leave unaffected and the parent is the one that's like, just eat your chicken, right? And now we have this whole dynamic where we're feeling challenged, we're feeling defensive, we're feeling 
whatever. And when we can completely disassociate from that, like recognize the feeling and say, I'm feeling, I'm feeling defensive. That's interesting. Why am I defensive? And, and I'll get into disempowering some of those feelings um, maybe in another episode. Because when those feelings erupt for me in the midst of, an, of a conversation with my kids or, or with adults, honestly, but um, for whatever reason, children are really good at finding adults' triggers and pushing those triggers and that, that whenever they get a reaction, they're going to keep doing it. Anyway, when I get triggered by my kids, I will find myself going, I'm feeling defensive. That's interesting. And it will, I've acknowledged this, the feeling, I've looked directly at it, I've said, hmm, that's different. And now I can move on from it and maybe address it later. Why was I feeling defensive because my two-year-old didn't want to eat a grilled cheese sandwich? What is that triggering inside of me? Oh, it's triggering a fear of not doing enough. It's triggering feeling like people aren't grateful for my efforts, whatever. The myriad of crazy things that goes on inside of our brain and our emotions when we're interacting with people. Um, So in that scenario where my kids are saying, um, I, this is going to take forever. I'm asking you to clean your room. That's going to take forever. I could say it, it really might feel that way. I'm sure it feels that way to you. And now I'm not feeling defensive. I'm not saying, well, sorry, kid, you got to do it. That's how it goes. Because now we're in this power struggle um, and how silly of a 32-year-old adult to engage in a power struggle with a child. I have to boundary that. I'm not going to be in a power struggle. I'm not going to participate in some kind of uh, face-off with my kids. Because the truth is, if I elevate and they elevate and I elevate and they elevate, it's no longer even about the cleaning of the room. Now it has become about something totally different and it's taken on a life of its own. So how can we use these phrases with adults? Well, when people come to me and they say, this is my problem, rather than saying, how can I fix that for you? I turn around and I say, what are you going to do about that? Or even when a friend comes to me, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, When somebody comes to me and says, hey, you made me feel this way. I, I can acknowledge their feelings while staying unruffled. Now, if it's, a, if it's a heart friend and we've had some kind of really difficult disagreement, that's going to look different. But I'll tell you about a scenario where someone who I would consider to be definitely an acquaintance, not really a friend, um, had an, it took an issue with something that I said um, from the stage at church. And... Um, when she brought it to me, it was very accusatory rather than, hey, I have a question about this. There was so much accusation. And I did a lot of nodding and saying, oh, I, I, I you know, I hear you saying that was bothersome to you um, or saying uh, I wouldn't say maybe so. But that ultimately really is what I'm saying. I just wouldn't use those exact, exact words. Um, I must have felt that way. I'm sure it felt that way to you Um, and acknowledging how she feels, but not entering into defensive, not entering into logic, not entering into this power struggle, even with adults can be a really, really life changing dynamic. When someone comes to me now and says, you need to fix this problem, um, 
I'll give another church example. I had someone come to me one time who said, um, no one at this church has ever taken me out to lunch. And rather than going, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Let me take you to lunch right now. That is, I'm so, so sorry. I said, wow, that, I'm sure that feels really hurtful. And then I said, and who have you invited to lunch? Well, they didn't like that answer very much and they stormed away from me. Um, but <laughs> what I did was I actually gave them the power to determine how they were going to help themselves fix their problem. I put the ownership of their problem right there. And I was willing to engage in a dialogue and help them and guide them into, you know, this, uh, a solution. I was willing to be there and help them, you know, with a solution. Um, but they didn't like my answer, but it's the same thing with our kids. When my, when my son says, cleaning my room is going to take forever. And I say, I'm sure it feels that way. What I've done is I've helped, I've, I've acknowledged how he feels and I've given the power of the problem back, the power of the solution back to him. I'm sure it feels that way. And now he's, but I haven't taken the problem away. I haven't entered into a power struggle or some kind of logic. It's not really going to take forever, Everett. It's going to take five minutes. If you'll just do it, it will take you five minutes. There is no logic there. So bringing logic is like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Like it, it just isn't going to work. Like I can't bring logic to this argument because logic does not compute in the brain of the child in this instance, in this scenario, when he is in a heightened emotional state, um, having some big feelings, needing to express, needing some autonomy, needing to feel like he has power, um, needing to feel acknowledged. If I come at him with logic, I'm going to bypass that need for him to feel acknowledged and um, validated and he'll never get to move on past that. You know, that's something that I've just recently learned about our brains is that if we're in an emotional um, state or there's an issue or there's a trauma or there's a wound or there's a hurt or there's some kind of emotion, your brain is wired such that until you have it validated until there's some level of validation for what you're feeling and what you've gone through. You, you cannot, you cannot bypass validation in order to heal. You cannot pass the first step. Your brain can't pass that step. So what happens is if it never gets validated, if you never feel seen by another person, if you never feel like the pain, the struggle, the difficulty, the hurt, the wound, the emotion itself is validated, then you can't ever actually move on to processing. That This is brain science. You should Google it. I'm not a brain scientist, but this is real. Google this. Until you get validated, you can't move on to the next step of healing. So what a lot of people do is they will not allow themselves to be validated um, or they try to logic, even their, their own internal world, try to logic themselves out of it. Well, my pain is not as bad as someone else's. Or they try to defend themselves. I shouldn't have had to go through whatever. And they bypass validation and they try to heal without that. And what winds up happening is it, it literally just gets shoved. It never actually gets healed or dealt with. So with our kids, when they're saying, I don't want to eat this chicken, even though that's a really small thing. I can give them the gift of validation right there and they can process it and move on. If I don't validate and I shut that down, they will never get to move on to the next 
They will never get to process it healthily. They will never process process that emotion all the way through. So if you're a friend of mine and you've ever called me with a crisis, 100% of the time, and my friends will attest to this, I will affirm what you've just been through. That was really hard. I'm sure that had to have felt really painful because by me validating you and your struggle, I'm actually releasing you, helping you to process that thing. So even though these are really small struggles that our kids are dealing with in their very small worlds it feels like a big deal so if we can validate it it will allow them to process it and move on from it and this this little tiny microscopic example will turn into them learning how to self-validate for the bigger things to actually seek validation from safe people in the bigger things because we have these tiny little training grounds with our kids when they're tiny that will help us when the problems are bigger when they're 12 13 14 18 27 right when they're facing bigger world problems i've had a training ground of years and years and years of how to do it well when they're little i don't get it right 100 percent of the time i fail often. And when I fail, I ask for forgiveness. But I'm hoping that this was helpful for you today. Um, Validating, I'm sure it feels that way, or probably so, or maybe so. Completely disempowers the argument. It, 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 It gets us out of a parenting cycle that a trap that we can't get out of. Um, It breaks the logic, it breaks the defensive, it breaks the power struggle, because I am not willing anymore. Though I have in the past, I am not willing to enter into a power struggle with a five-year-old, with a two-year-old. I, I am not going to do that because nobody wins at the end of a power struggle. Um, it's bringing way more stress into your world. I am stressed when I'm in a power struggle with my children. Um, and it's not necessary. And these little phrases can really help us to break out, to break out of that. Maybe so. Probably so. I know. Um, perhaps, perhaps it is. And the last one, it really must seem that way. It seems that way. And also, it's not what you expected. Uh, and then my personal favorite that I've added to my repertoire is seems legit. Sometimes Everett will say something and I'll go seems legit. But that one's just a free funny for you guys. All right. That's really all I have for you. I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope you can see how it plays into helping them own their own problem, not owning it for them, um, doing that with adults, with the people in your life, not engaging in a power struggle with anyone of any age or size. And um, and yeah, just equipping you to have tools in your back pocket when the kids are, are um, argumentative or uncooperative or coming to you with their handfuls of problems, hoping for you to fix them, you can really empower them. Um, And yeah, that's all I have for you guys. Have a great day and I'll catch you next time on the Hey There podcast. (laughs) 